You're listening to episode 28 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's podcast is featuring a guest who really is at the center of everything voice-first technology related. We have none other than Brett Kinsella. He is the editor and publisher at voicebot.ai, which is the top news and commentary site about all things voice and AI. He is also the host of the VoiceBot podcast, where he brings on guests from a large cross-section of the industry. He is a very, very frequently sought-after speaker. He has spoken at numerous conferences, and in fact, he has, uh, I know of at least two that are coming up uh, shortly this summer that he will be speaking at as well. He truly is a wealth of knowledge. He is uh, really entrenched in the voice for a scene, and uh, it is with great pleasure that I have the opportunity to interview him today. So without any further ado, I want to welcome Brett Kinsella onto the Alexa in Canada podcast. All right, well, wonderful. Welcome, Brett Kinsella. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking some time to join us up here in Canada. My pleasure, Dr. Fisher. Hello to all the Canadians out there. <laughs> so as, as the listeners will soon find out, you are a wealth of knowledge in terms of what's going on in the voice first space. Uh, but maybe what we can do, first of all, is if I could ask you to tell us a little bit about you and your background and how did you come to be um, so involved in this voice first technology space and this evolution of this incredible change in technology that we're seeing right now? Well, it's partly by accident and maybe partly by design. I, I've been working in technology since the mid-90s, first the web, then mobile, did some stuff in social. And uh, because of that, I, I founded a small uh, advertising agency or marketing agency, digital marketing agency, where I worked with early stage startups because I had done a lot of that. I've worked at big companies too, like Accenture and Sapient. People are familiar with those, those companies. But I've worked with a number of small startups and I was working with one in 2013. The two of the founders were personal friends of mine. In fact, one of them, I'd hired him for his first job. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to come in and help them with their marketing. And they were working in voice and they were doing interactive voice audio ads uh, for mobile. And that was really my first introduction to voice. I, you know, I'd worked with a lot of newer technologies. I'd, I'd only seen voice really from a distance up to that point. But we became quickly immersed and spent a couple years working on the advertising side, working with voice. Uh, and around 2016, Amazon came to that company and said, we'd really like you to support uh, the Echo. And in part because they were looking for people who understood monetization, but also understood voice. And, and that team that I was working with, they'd actually built a automated speech recognition system. We had an ad serving. We were we were doing a lot of things that you have to do if you're actually building, you know, essentially a, a less functional voice assistant. So but we learned a lot about voice. We learned a lot about the industry. Mm -hmm. And when Amazon came, we said, well, let's let's take a look at it. And so we looked at the market. And we said, you know, 
this is interesting. This looks a lot like the mid mid to late 1990s when I was looking at the web. Interesting. And yeah. just seeing that you know people had a, a lot of content that was not suitable for this new format, and they were going to need help turning that into it. And so that's really where this all, all came about. And so I was doing some help with them, uh, help uh, helping that company. And someone from Advertising Week asked me to write an article because he knew I was doing some work in voice, and they thought that would be interesting. And it just blew up, you know. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of different publications picked it up. A lot of people asked me about it, and so a lot of us who work in technology, work in marketing, we you know we consider signals, right? And that was a strong signal that there was interest here. So not only did I see something that I said, "Hey, this is going to be a big shift," yeah, but I also saw something that there was a lot of interest in. And this, and in 2016. There weren't that many devices that had been sold. I mean, when I first started looking at the space, there were fewer than 1,000 skills in the U.S. There's now 33,000, about 500 today, I think. And uh, maybe a little more than 40,000 worldwide. But it was one country. Um, There was still really only – well, there were two devices because the tap was out. Uh The the tap was out and I guess the dot was out sort of in its first generation. But not a lot of people were using that. So it was still fairly early on. And, uh, and so because all these people were asking me about it, I said, oh, well, I'll just put up a, a quick website. I'll share all my research in a simple way. I know how to do that. I can put it as a quick way to distribute it to all these people who are asking me for it. And maybe I'll write a blog once or twice a week. Sure. And, uh, but, and that was the beginning of, or is that, the, or is that the beginning of VoiceBot? That oh. really was. So September yeah. 15th, 2016, I launched VoiceBot.ai. Uh-huh. And uh, that same week, um, Samsung bought, or no, that same week, um, they announced that Echo was going into Europe. Mm-hmm. The next week, Samsung bought Viv. And uh, it was just two and a half weeks later, uh, Google Home was introduced for the first time as a saleable item. Wow. Uh, so so it was like, it just started amping up and I... And we were thinking, well, maybe we could write a couple stories a week. And then it was like, oh, we could probably do a story a day, maybe. And now, you know, we probably do about two stories a day, sometimes more, but you know, around average around two. And it's not enough. There's so much news out there. And, you know, the one thing we did do is when we sat down and Ava Mutchler, who's my associate editor, and I you know, really sat down and talked about this. We said the the tech, the tech blogs, there's there's some good writers in the tech space, you know, mm-hmm. the, the big tech industry, magazines, publications. Um, But we didn't feel like they were doing a good enough job for people who really understood the industry and understood the technology. Ah. And so we thought we we had a a valuable voice in that way. Great, great. So for for people that may not have heard of the VoiceBot, your your website, uh, your brand, can you explain? So what what is VoiceBot.ai now? What does that that mean to the person that's listening here? Uh, Well, we like to think of it probably first and foremost is a resource and probably secondly as a community. And so when we think about the resource angle, what we do is we publish research. So both primary research and we do a lot of uh, uh, added analysis on top of secondary research, mm-hmm. you know, including some things that we've seen from Canada, which we can talk about. Right. Uh, so the primary research, we do surveys, we do in, in-person interviews, those types of things. Fantastic. Um, we're known really is, I think, at least in the U.S. and, and largely in Europe, for the people I've talked to, is the, the source of most of the data. People come to us. We're sort of the Google for data on the voice industry. And that's one of the things that we've done from the beginning because we like data and we like looking at it because we think it's an important aspect that people should consider. It's not just about our one-to-one interaction with the devices. We want to know broadly, is this, is this a trend that's going to have legs? 
And uh, we also do news. So, you know, you know, if it's breaking news, we try to get to most of the top stuff. And sometimes we'll write about stuff like a week later if we still think it's important, even if we didn't get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a podcast. Right. Uh, so I try to interview people who are making the change in the industry. You know, the innovators, the company founders every week try to do about an hour um, up to maybe 44, 45 uh, podcasts at this point. We do it every week. And uh, and that's that's largely it. And then and then we you know we get together at meetups and I speak at a bunch of conferences. Uh, we have a Slack group. Uh, it's invitation only, but if if people are interested, if they just reach out to me, Brad at Voicebot.ai. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are enthusiastic about the industry. I try to give access to, and it's pretty it's a pretty exclusive group. So I, I don't tell everybody about this. Uh, and <laughs> now everybody in Canada is going to be there. So that's all right. Well, that, that, that's yeah. fine. I mean, yeah. I, we should we need a couple more Canadians. We definitely have Canadians. <laughs> We've got some Canadians in the group that don't live in Canada anymore, for sure. All right. Uh, and uh, but I'd love to have you in there. I think you'd you'd really enjoy the conversations. It's it's a, it's a group of people who are sort of insiders, and exactly. and that's that's a lot of fun. And then and then you know we we do all sorts of other things. People want us to participate in different ways. Um, but you know I think one of the biggest things people have been looking at is our primary research this year because we're we we have a slightly different take on what's going on in the industry. And in in many ways, I think of all the tech blogs out there in the space, we do focus on the technology a little bit more as well. Mm-hmm. So that that. I'm interested in that. So the primary research. So how are you, can you give me some examples of like, how, how are you going about and doing that? You must have some staff that are carrying out the research for you or what, what, what do you have set up for yourself? It depends on the project. And so we've only published, well, we've done, a, we've done some smaller things, which are much more targeted, but we've published one broad survey of U.S adoption about smart speakers and we look more broadly at the voice adoption space and that um, and so that came out in march we've got a couple more things that'll be coming out next quarter okay. uh, we we're looking to do a lot more of that in in part because we're we're trying to ask specific questions that we don't think people are asking that we think are important uh-huh. uh, there's a lot of surveys out there now uh, there were you know, two years ago there was no data now there seems to be at least in the u.s an abundance of data, but you can look at it and you can start to see some differences, the way they ask the questions, when they ask the questions, of whom, uh-huh. right? And so we, we try to take a slightly more scientific approach. And, you know, the guys at Edison Research who do great stuff on Canada, they do great stuff in the U.S. I think very highly of them. Uh, I, I really love their stuff. I follow it closely. And a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm I'm filling in the gaps of things that I wish they'd asked, mm. um, you know, to sort of supplement that. And then also generally we're off cycle. So, you know, we're looking at a snapshot months or a f- few months later. So we see some growth trends and that's, that's probably the thing. And I, I won't put us in the same league as Edison research. They, uh, Larry Rosen and his team are really top notch. They do this for political elections, you know, national polls and those types of things. I see. Um, but in our own way, you know, we, we're, we're focused on that. And, um, and we're also actually, you know, building building a panel of people who are users to give feedback. So there's a lot of interesting things that we're doing on that front. Fantastic. As far as your primary research, I'm I'm assuming right now that's just in the United States. Then I I don't I don't know. Is there anything going on in Canada from what you're doing right now? Uh, so far, it's just been in the U.S. I don't have anything slated for Canada. Maybe maybe you and I should collaborate on something. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah. And but I, we do have some other stuff that's coming up, which will be outside the U.S. Perfect. Great. So let's let's you meant you had mentioned that you have uh, looked at some of the, the research that has been done um, in Canada. 
And I also had a look at, at a couple of the articles, and I did mention this briefly, I believe, on one of my earlier podcasts. But I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about some of the trends that you've seen through those research studies that have been done in Canada and how that relates to perhaps what's been going on in the United States as well. Okay, so I think Canada is really interesting uh, for a couple of reasons. One is it took uh, just about three years of being in market before in the U.S. we had 7% adoption. Okay of smart speakers. Now, some people would say it was two and a half or something because there was this open period initially when Echo was launched. It was really a limited release in the fall of 2014. But, you know, suffice to say, it was a brand new product to market, three years to get to 7%. Mm -hmm. uh, Canada, I have to think back, Google Home was the first to arrive. I want to say it was May or June of last year. You can correct me. Yeah, no, is that is correct? It was around that time. That's right. It's been just okay. about a year now. So, all right. So May or June, uh, around that time, and so it would have been in market for call it ten months um, or so when um, that survey was in the field. Uh, Alexa, I want to say, or Amazon Echo specifically, launched in. November, just before the holiday. Right. Um, so that had been in market less than three months. And lo and behold, you know, we'll call it, let's average it out to be about six months in market, 8% adoption in Canada. Yeah. Uh, so kind of mind blowing. And, and, and you can tell me, maybe it's a reflection on Canadians and their comfort with technology, you know, but it, it Maybe it's the proximity to the U.S. and that these buyers were primed waiting for years. You know, primed, I guess, is an interesting term to use <laughs> yeah. with, with Amazon. But yeah. in, in marketing, we talk about priming. Uh, maybe they're primed because they knew about this and they've been anxiously awaiting for it. And so there was this pent up demand because they kept seeing U.S. media talking about these things. Um, I know a lot of Canadians had them ahead of time. But, you know, tell me, why are Canadians adopting this so much faster than Americans? Yeah, that, you know, that's a really good question. I, I do think that our proximity to the United States has a, has a, you know, is, is a large component of what's going on there. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people that, um, that are in our community. I have an Alexa in Canada Facebook group. Um, and when I first launched that group, when the Echo was launched, there were a lot of people in that group and there was a lot of discussion going on about people that already had Echoes that they had bought in the United States and brought up, and they you know they kind of fudged their address so that they could access the U.S. Uh, skills, and so that would be it would be functional in Canada. They would just make up an address, um, and so it's been really interesting because um, a lot of those people were the ones that were driving. You know, the moment it was released in Canada, all of a sudden, wow, those are the people that were the, the early adopters. They are they were already familiar with it. So uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but it's like you said, you know, seven percent in the United States versus over three years versus eight percent in Canada over six months. I don't know if that can completely explain that. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, hopefully it wasn't sampling error. But I think what we'll want to what we'll want to see is is that same study will be consistent next year, and I'm sure we'll see other studies between now and then. Yeah. But the U.S. grew from seven percent in year three to seventeen percent year four, which is which was ostensibly last year. So think of it as, you know, through January of 2018. So seventeen percent, you know, in that study, um, I, I I actually have done a, a study in that time period. Uh, actually, that was the December number, I think, the 17%. Mm -hmm. um, I did a study slightly later than that, and I actually had 19.7% um, of the U.S. population 
with access, about one in five. It'll be really interesting to see, you know, is Canada jump up to 16 or 20 percent next year? Or was it really pent up demand? The early adopters are satisfied and, you know, the growth rate slows and you have 11 or 12 percent. Yeah, well, that's that'll be it will be very interesting to see uh, how it how it moves forward. The other thing I'm very interested to see is how the different market shares of the different uh, major companies with the voice first products, uh, how that's going to uh, shake down as it, as it uh, as we move forward. Maybe you can speak about that a little bit because Google was here first before Echo, and I think that's reflected in that study as well. Yeah, I I, I suspect that first mover advantage is a is a big advantage, and it's hard to tell when new markets are created in in the U.S. in particular because you know, the first the first uh, person with a product out, they have 100% market share. Right. And what we saw at the end of, I was just, I was actually just speaking at a conference today and people were asking about this and I have had, had happened to have my slides up, uh, at the end of 2016, which, uh, Google home had been in market for two months, uh, and Amazon echo had been in market the entire year. Plus they'd had a previous year of, you know, full year of sales. Amazon had 93% market share. Uh, so one year later, um, see, I'll even, I'll even see if I can refer to my slide here. So I here give you go. the absolute accurate thing. On I think I've got it right here. Yes, I do because I did this presentation about four hours ago. <laughs> um, one year later, Google Home went from 7% to 18.4% market share. Amazon Echo fell to 72% from 93%. And then we have this uh, about 10% difference of other smart speakers. So you've got the Microsoft uh, or the Harman Kardon Invoke. We've got the Sonos One. We've got a bunch of other third parties now that have built uh, smart speakers, either supporting Cortana or, and this is this is before HomePod, uh, before Apple HomePod, uh, all this, all that data is from. But if you just think about that, you know, Amazon had a huge advantage. They still 72% market share is still a huge advantage. Yeah. But, but down from 93, I mean, they lost 20% of market share over one year, and and yet they grew significantly, right? So they grew. They, in fact, they sold as many or more as anybody else. It's just as the market grew. Uh, you know, other people start picking it off. And so now, now here's the interesting thing for Canada. At the end of the, or actually in the first quarter of this year, when this Edison research was done, 63% of smart speaker owners were Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30% were Amazon. And then they have 7%, which are both, right? Mm-hmm. So is that 70%? Let's, let's call it, um, we'll, we'll, we'll split it in the middle. So it's about two thirds, one third, right? right. Yeah. Uh, Google and and a lot of that is because Google had a four or five month head head start and I think that's a really good indicator that being first in a in a country has a big big advantage for establishing market share but in the end if it's only eight percent it doesn't really matter if you both grow if you grow five percent faster than someone for the rest of the market you're gonna you're gonna have the most market share so it doesn't you know in, in when it's that close that that early it's not gonna make that much of a difference but I think it, it is interesting Alexa in the US you know really came out there with um, with a lot of awareness Google's been catching up and you see that, and I think that this is also true in Australia and a couple other markets where Google was first. Uh, they're the ones who have the market share lead, and so it's a slightly different dynamic. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense. Like what you said right off the bat. I mean, if you come out with the first speaker, you've got 100, percent and this the 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 
the variability in that is going to be big just because of the uh, just the different players as they enter the market. It's, it has a huge sway on the uh, on the numbers. So yeah, no. That- well, I, I think of, I think of all those all those people who had bought Amazon Echoes. You can and you know last summer, Amazon hadn't said when Canada's coming out. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't forecast it. They didn't say it's definitely going to be out. Uh, you can walk down to the store or online. You can order Google Home. I bet a lot of the people who had already tried Echo bought uh, a Google Home right away, and that's why that's reflected. About seven percent own both devices, and so that probably seeded the market pretty quickly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Out of curiosity, what what devices do you own? Do you have both? Or oh yes, yeah, I have I have several of both. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. In the know for everything. Great. Well, one of the, one of the other things that I'm, I'm really interested in your take on is um, Canada is really in its infancy of this. Uh, I mean, like like we, we've talked about, Google's only been here about a year, and the Echo's only been now about six months. And so I I keep I keep visioning or I have this vision of of really these devices being a little infant here, and in the United States now, three years, a little toddler sort of running around, and. Um, and one of the things I'm interested in, in getting your perspective on is how have perceptions changed uh, from when it was first introduced to where people are now in the United States about three years later? And, uh, you know, how, you know, will that affect the way people are using these products in Canada as, as people become aware of them? How, how will that change the way people interact with these products? Well, I'd say the, the first thing that's changed is it's no longer a novelty. Mm-hmm. I think the novelty aspect of these devices completely evaporated in the fourth quarter of 2017. Uh, we saw we saw a number of things happen around the you know coming out of of uh, winter and, and holiday season 2016, where awareness of the devices that they were a thing, even though not that many people had them at the time, kind of about the same amount that have. Uh, devices in Canada now uh, started to rise significantly. Uh, by the uh, by, the late spring we started seeing the devices. We'd seen a couple of them show up in, in uh, you know, there were commercials, but we'd seen a couple of them show up in media, mm-hmm. uh, entertainment, and that type of thing. But then we started pretty steadily, starting around middle of last year, these things showing up in lots of different types of media on the nighttime shows like Jimmy Fallon, the, the, you know, the tonight show right. um, and South park, uh, lots of YouTube parodies, yeah. uh, other, other popular shows. And so the novelty effect wore off. It really helped drive sales in Q4 of last year in the U S. Uh, and so I, I think those, I, that's the, you know, the, the, the concept of awareness, being high and novelty being low now, uh, you know, it's really more people, you know, see them, they have an idea of what they can do. Mm. And, and that's really helpful because it's not, it's not just like a toy for anybody. People, people who are buying them now have a purpose behind it. Uh, it's not okay. just play. And it's not just people who are, you know, tech forward who are thinking about smart home, for example. And, and, and that really seeded the market for Amazon was the smart home people who are, who are more interested in the technology for for that specific type of purpose, but are by definition early tech adopters. Yeah. The, we're now starting to see these like across the board. You see them across income levels. You see them across age groups. You're starting to see them among single people. The other thing that we're seeing in the U.S. and I don't know if this is true in Canada, but it tended to be families that had them first in the U.S. So a lot of the Gen X, mm-hmm. you know, who had young children. Yes. 
uh, we're acquiring them very early. And then what's happened is it's filled out. Um, and now I just saw something that suggested that millennials might actually have more higher ownership now of the devices than Gen X. Uh, and, you know, you'll see Gen Z because some of the Gen Z or Gen X kids um, who will, you know, they have access in the home and then they go to college and they're there and they're getting them for their apartments. Um, and then what one of the things that I've seen in studies in the UK in particular, but I think there's some other stuff in the U.S. that corroborates this, is that a lot of the people in the baby boomer and older generations were first introduced by their children, having them in their homes uh, yeah. or were gifted it. And so that they became familiar with it and they started using it. And so now that adoption. So so those are probably the biggest things. I would say that probably or at least my hypothesis is the biggest difference right now is we have more skills for Alexa actions for Google. Yes. Um, maybe than you have, although actions are tend to be more widely distributed um, than skills you know, to a certain extent. But I think that's probably the biggest difference in terms of the variety of things you can use. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing having fewer, because I remember when there weren't that many skills in the, in the Alexa skill store, or Google, action store, um, it was a lot easier to browse. Uh, it's, it's nearly impossible. It feels like to browse now. Right. And that, and that's, that's one of the big problems that keeps coming up. You hear it in all the podcasts and everything about the discoverability of these skills and actions and h how do we even begin to find the good ones? Um, which is a, which is a challenge. So yeah. And, and what you said, it, that does relate very much to, to my experience so far in Canada in this idea of it being quite a novelty right now. Um, I was I was participating in a, a sort of a hatching health uh, type weekend. It was just to uh, we got together with some uh, University of British Columbia and some other um, uh, universities, and we had some computer science students and, and uh, designers and, and engineers and so on. And we were working on different products just over a weekend to create a prototype. And interestingly, the the door prize at this event was an Amazon Echo. And here are these people that are you know. These are students that are studying computer science and engineering and everything. And, and I remember this, this person won this Echo, and she looked at it and she says, like, oh, what do I do with this? It was just like <laughs> there, was, there was no awareness of it, um, which is very interesting. So, uh, and I, and I, I, I echo your, your sentiments too, is that whenever I sort of bring this up in conversation, if people don't really know what it does, they think of these devices as devices to set a timer, you know, or to listen to your music, and that's all it does. Um, yeah, and they're really good for that. And they are, um, yes. <laughs> but uh, and, and and we see it in the in the data, right? So yeah, uh, you know, clearly they're used for audio content consumption, uh, and it's it's great. It's just there. It's easy. It's instantaneous. So you can get some entertainment or some some news really quickly. I think you you like to talk about flash briefings. Same concept. You can just get it instantly. Uh, so they're great for that. They're great for those quick transactions that. It just takes a bit, you know. You got to unlock your, you got to pick up your phone, unlock your phone, swipe to get to the right screen, hit your, hit your app to find out the weather, for example. So it really fills those needs, and really the next, the next evolution that I think we're still trying to get over the hump, even in the U.S., where we have a lot of abundance of Alexa skills, for example, is people using those third-party skills for more than just audio consumption and, and short utility transactions. Yes. Yes. 
Well, it's it's really exciting. What's your? I mean, you're you're, you're really um, at the center of all this. You're you you've got uh, perspectives from you've got you know people that are designing the skills and people that are promoting skills and people that are you know in healthcare and through through your work through VoiceBot AI, you really get to see all of it. So, what's what's your kind of take on where this is going over the next? you know, three to five years or so? What's our world going to look like? Well, I just look back at you know, where we were, let's say, in 2008, 2009, right? So with with the introduction of the iPhone, and if you just project forward probably four to five years from that, so let's go forward to like 2013, you know, how had mobile changed the way people interacted with their environment, interacted with other people. Uh, you look at voice and I would expect a similar amount of change. Uh, it's going to be different change, but I expect that this, and I look back at the same thing. I mean, I, I struggle with whether it's as profound as the internet. And I, I think the, the internet just being underlying platform that enables things like the web and mobile and, and, and voice, all these things right on the back of that. Sure. Uh, but this idea that in you know 1996 very few people had uh, websites, for example, by 2000 almost everyone had websites. In 1997 people didn't know that they could get information that would be useful on the website, and they might be introduced to this directory called Yahoo for right. the first time, which was like the Encyclopedia Botanica of uh, of of uh, of web directories. And so, you know, and I know people know Yahoo now, but to think back in that time and we had AltaVista and all these Excite and all these other search engines, which were really rudimentary compared to what Google, Google can do today. But they were OK for the size of the Internet at that time. Yes. Um, and I think that that's what we're looking at voice. So the way I, I'll just sum it up really quickly, you know, essentially we had we had the web, we had mobile, and now we have voice. And those are user interface changes. So we had with the web, we had click. With uh, mobile, we had touch, and then we had you know the untethered aspect. Yes. And then in in voice, um, we can speak, and then it's it's not as much the untethered aspect because we do have that because we can do it on mobile as well. And I recommend everybody check out you know some of the voice assistants on mobile; they're excellent. Um, but it's also this idea that we went from programmatic to unbounded. So all of the the website you can only do what the designer of the website allows you to do because you know, I click where they, you know, light it up with buttons or, or links that you can do stuff. Sure. Uh, with mobile, it's also programmatic. Uh, you can only do what they, what they put in front of you with voice. It's unbounded. So you can do a lot of different things that you couldn't do. So that, that UI, um, change is really significant. They tend to be about 10 year cycles. And in the U S we are maybe two and a half years into it, three at most. Um, so we're just at the front end and the profound change in terms of behavior, in terms of habits and behaviors are going to change over the next three years. Um, and then the other thing is I think we have a super cycle around artificial intelligence and that we're probably three to four years into a 20 year AI platform change. And so that's going to be the thing that's going to, you know, ultimately beyond voice, that's going to be the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on our lives. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's remarkable. Whenever I, when I hear your thoughts on it and other, you know, other speakers as well and other people, guests on the podcast, you know, everybody's saying the same thing. So it's, it's, I'm always really excited about it when I hear, hear other people speak well, about it. we're all it. drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you're, you're undoubtedly familiar with Google Duplex. Yes. And I was, 
I was there when he demonstrated it. Nobody knew it was coming. It, you know, there were jaw drops, yeah. not the least of which is because of the quality of the the speech was so much better with the disfluencies. It really was the first human-like speech I think many of us had heard. Right. Uh, the, it wasn't clearly a, a, a synthetic voice, you know, for people who understand the markers, right? Um, so that was important. But then also the utility of the interaction, great. And and so it, it's hard not to be in the bubble, right? Because you're because I, I work in this all the time. And I was even at a hotel the other day and they saw, oh, voicebot.ai, you work in AI? And I said, yeah. So oh, what about that Google duplex? This is a guy working in the front desk of a hotel. Interesting. And, uh, and, and so we had a little chat about it, which was interesting. I was like, geez, a lot of people know about it. And yet I'm speaking to a, a conference today, very highly educated folks, but mostly in finance. So they're not really focused in our space at all. Uh-huh. And I had this. I had this video loop which, or, that I was going to play, which is sort of a joke, a little humor to start things off, but it, it had a point behind it. And I said, now, how many people in here are familiar with Google Duplex? And there was a room, let's say there are 80 or 90 people in there. Yeah. Two hands went up. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm like, wow. Right? Wow. I, I'm so glad I came because it's a good level set. But then I had to pull up the uh, Google Duplex. If, if, you're, if your listeners haven't heard Google Duplex, just go to um, YouTube, go to the VoiceBot channel, on YouTube, I I uh, videoed it live so you can actually see that, um, you know what it was, and then I've got a number of articles about it um, and the different angles associated with it. But it's it's a, it's a new way. It's basically putting assistance in our service um, on our behalf, which is great, um, and it's going to be something that I think people people are going to really appreciate, and businesses are going to appreciate as well. But there's a whole nother conversation about that. But I just bring that up because. You know, as much as we have awareness of some of these things, I mean, Google Duplex probably, you know, 50 percent of the population will know about it by next Christmas because it's rolling out in July. And then, you know, there'll be more news about it. Yes. But right now it's all inside baseball. Yeah, I know. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in have you heard or know about the I guess the Amazon take on the Google Duplex uh, demonstration and is what's going on with Alexa in that regard? Do you have any? Information <laughs> I don't know there? if there is it. I don't know that there is an Amazon take on this. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. This is something Amazon's uh, working on or not. I have no inside knowledge. What I will tell you is I've seen something like that before. Before Google, there's a startup in New York City which was working on this, and I saw a demonstration last June. Um, they were calling florists, you know, trying to find out you know, a certain type of flower order was available. And this idea that, uh, you know, a machine would call on your behalf, their their speech was pretty good. But it, anybody who listened for more than a second, you know, it, you know, really was focused on it. I mean, if you're if you're just picking up a phone at a florist, you got four other things going on. I'm not sure you really know. You really have time to notice or care. Right. Um, uh, because, you know, if you give them the right answer – they're placing an order in five minutes. So, uh, but, but that's not, I, I, there's other options to do this. And so if Amazon thinks it's important to do, they'll do it. It's, it's really in the sweet spot though, for Google, because they've, they've talked about the company shifting from a mobile first to an AI first company. But for this year, for the first time, what they talked about is Google is in the business of saving time or giving time back to people. And so, which is really interesting because, I mean, that, that really goes back to the core of the company. I, I don't know when the first time you were on Google, I want to say for me, maybe it was early 2000s, maybe it was 2000, 2001. And, you know, so you just have that blank screen, but 
you know, it was all about it loaded fast and it gave you fast results and even showed you how quickly the results were returned. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. It's like, it used to take you a long time, particularly as the internet became unwieldy, trying to use something like Yahoo was really not that fruitful. Whereas Google became very fruitful. So they're giving time back. And a lot of the other things that they've done over the years have done that. And, and their focus on the assistant is really being that, that utility that gives you time back. And, and I think that's a good place for them to be. I will say it's a little bit different than where Amazon's focused. Amazon's really focused. Certainly they have the utility aspect to it, but they really stress the fun aspect of it um, and the enjoyment aspect of it. It's a big thing for them. Uh, they don't really stress the fact that it's faster. They they might stress that it's more convenient, but it's definitely not faster. So, so I don't know that they have to go that direction right now. They could see how it plays out. Um, it's a good, it's a good angle for Google to take because they have more assets in place to execute that. Interesting. Interesting. No, that's great. That's a, uh, that's a really interesting, uh, commentary. Um, Wonderful. Well, I, I, I think uh, we're, I think it's a good place to kind of wrap things up. But I do want to um, let our listeners know where they can hear you speak and how they can contact you. Uh, I know you're going to be speaking in two conferences coming up this summer. Maybe you want to just take a moment and tell us about those and where the listeners can hear you and how they how else they can contact you. I would love to, but I just want to ask you one question before we go. Please. Where where do you think it's going to be in three years? I know you're you're a fan, right? And you're an evangelist. Yes. Um, so I've, you, I where yeah. do you see this heading? So I've been drinking the Kool Aid. I'll say that first of all. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm really excited about it. You know, when people uh, give those comparisons between uh, when mobile was first launched, the first iPhone, uh, that's the one that I've heard the most often. You know, when that when that first when Steve Jobs got up on stage and put the put the iPod and the phone and everything together, right, and launched the iPhone, it was just like, wow, that is uh, one cool device. Um, I have heard some other people, like you say, uh, relate the the on the the beginning of voice first technology to the internet itself, and I I kind of feel the same way as you. I'm not sure that it's quite at that level. Um, like you said, the internet is sort of the underlying foundation that everything else is is functioning on, but I do think that this is going to disrupt every single industry, every single sector uh, within the next, maybe not in the next you know, couple of years, but certainly within the next five to 10 years, I think everything is going to change the way we know it. Um, the, the, the term of ambient computing, which I know you're familiar with, the listeners, uh, so that's basically, you know, there'll be, there'll be a lot of speakers around, you know, that brings up the whole issue of privacy, which is a whole nother topic. Um, but being able to uh, save time. This really actually ties in a lot of what we've been talking about for the last half an hour. If you can save time by speaking what's on your mind and asking for a command no matter where you are, uh, whether it's at home or in your car or uh, in a hotel room or, or at some, uh, you know, at a, at a business place, um, I, I just think that people are going to be willing to give up whatever it takes, including some of their privacy, to be more efficient and more effective with whatever they're doing and save them time. And you know, being a physician, I'm really interested in the healthcare aspects of this. And I just, I believe that uh, once the privacy issues can be sorted out, uh, this is going to completely change healthcare. Uh, There are so many things as a physician, just personally, that I'd love to be able to do by voice that I just can't do right now. And it would save me a lot of time and be able to put the focus back on the patient. And I imagine it's the same for just about every sector that there is out there. So I'm very excited by it. Um, 
I, I, th- I think our world's going to be very different. Like I said, maybe not in three to five, but in 10 years, it's going to be very different. So Yeah, I think that's... I think that's that's a very safe bet. And and do you know why you have a lot more people using the mobile analogy as opposed to the web analogy? Um, are you asking, like, personally, why do I think that is the case? Or Well, I'm going to – I I was just going to tell you. It's tell just me, most please. of your guests aren't as old as I am. <laughs> so they didn't live through that. I was I had a front row seat to that yeah. in the 90s. And so I, – I, and, and really when I see the parallels – I actually see in many ways more parallels to the web than I do to mobile. And there's a lot of things and that could be a whole nother podcast. Maybe we get together another time. Um, but you know, I just, I just, I'll just plant that seed in that, uh, you know, if you just think about this idea that it, you're really opening up a whole new type of communication mechanism, not just where you do it, but what it is in terms of the content, in terms of the interaction. Um, it's, it's that profound and, and, Mobile was profound for different reasons, um, but I, I really see much more parallels in the first two. Wow. Or in, in the, uh, in the web and voice. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. Please go ahead. So tell, yeah, um, that was a great like question. That's a great discussion. I, I could talk about it all day, but uh, tell, tell the listeners where they can hear you and, and where they can get in touch with you. Okay. So the first thing I want to tell you listeners is go into your favorite uh, podcast player and give Dr. Terry Fisher, Alexa in Canada, a rating, you know, a nice review. He'll appreciate it. So do that. <laughs> Thanks for that plug. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you can, and while you're there, you can look up the VoiceBot podcast and do the same for me, or at least check it out and see if you like it. Perfect. Uh, so, you know, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the different places that you would look, um, VoiceBot podcast is there. So I recommend people check that out. That'll get you the, the more in-depth, the the really deep conversations that you never sort of get to in the article form, you know, because when we talk for an hour, a lot of things come up. Um, and I'll, I'll, just put in a, I'll just say, I'll just put in a plug there. I do, I, to the listeners, I do listen to the VoiceBot uh, podcast uh, every week that Brett puts out. And it really is probably um, one of the most comprehensive um, voice technology podcasts that I am aware of today. So uh, it truly covers everything. So I'll throw that out there as well for the listeners. It really is a good one to listen to. Well, thank you. I'll yep. I'll have a testimonial on the website from you, and the, within the hour, <laughs> that's right. Appreciate that. Uh, no, so it's it's really fun. I'm really pr- privileged. It's like the highlight of my week. I I, I learn a lot, uh, you know, from these people. They give me their time, and uh, and we have some really fascinating discussions. I've got some great stuff coming up this summer too. I'm really really excited about. It. But aside from that, um, fastest way to get to our stuff is voicebot.ai. Um, if you're looking for research, you can just search on the upper and top top right. There's a search bar. You can just search for anything related to voice. And I probably have an article that either I've written or Ava or one of our guest contributors has. Uh, upper right, we also have reports. You can get there. But then there's just there's just a lot of different news. And in the upper left, the most popular area of the site is voice stats. I've got a lot of things uh, that we've compiled over the years for U.S., Europe, a little Canada, not a lot, a little in Canada. It's, you guys are new yet, so it'll be a little time till we have a big corpus for that. But uh, adoption, usage, those types of things, stats, there's a whole section on that you go to. And that, that becomes – that's been very popular. So we're, we're happy to provide that service. Um, I'm on the Twitter at Brett Kinsella. Um, you know, we have a Facebook group. But uh, we're on LinkedIn. We're really active on LinkedIn um, as well. So you can find us out there. We, we, we try to make the rounds. We, we probably not as, on as many social media outlets as Alexa in Canada, uh, but uh, maybe we'll get there one day. 
Perfect. Well, and, and I will make sure that we put all of the links to everything that you've mentioned in the show notes uh, for this show. So that way they can, uh, the listeners can just go and click on everything and check out everything that you're doing. So there we go. Well, we're, I really appreciate it. This has been, this has been great catching up. I'm glad we got to talk and we're going to be speaking at two conferences. Oh, we didn't say the conferences. Oh, conferences. Go ahead. Speaking at two conferences this summer. We've got uh, Voice Summit, and it's voicesummit.ai. It's it's just outside of New York City at the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Um, that's July, and then August, Alexa in Canada, or not Alexa in Canada, that's your <laughs> podcast, uh, Alexa Healthcare, uh, which is in Boston, and that's run by Bradley Metrock's uh, Score Publishing, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll probably have a couple to say in the fall, but I'll hold back on those for now. We'll just say, if you want to come and meet Terry and I, come this summer, uh, Boston or New York. There we go. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks again, Brett. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you. And uh, I look forward to hopefully we can chat again in the future. And uh, we'll see where we are maybe uh, you know, as, as things develop and see how, how on or off our predictions are with where we're going to be with Voice First technology. Very good. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. As you could hear, uh, Brett has put together an amazing resource at voicebot.ai. And I, if you've got any interest in voice-first technology, make sure that you have checked out his website and subscribed to his podcast because uh, there really is some, uh, some incredible information available there. Uh, again, I just want to thank Brett again for taking some time to, uh, to speak with us here on the podcast. Uh, it's very much appreciated. And finally, as Brett mentioned, we're always looking for reviews and ratings, which essentially help our podcasts to, uh, to rank higher uh, in iTunes and so on. And it helps um, the podcast to be discovered by other people that may have an interest in this area and could also uh, find some value and help them in whatever they're trying to achieve with the Voice First technology space. So having said that, uh, if you feel so inclined and you have not yet left a review, those are obviously very much appreciated. Once again, Everything we talked about in terms of the, the links to, uh, to VoiceBot, to the podcast, and so on, uh, they will all be available for you right now on the show notes page, which you can find at alexaincanada.ca slash 28. That's alexaincanada.ca slash 28. I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Next week, we have uh, an incredible speaker as well, uh, somebody who... I think Canadians will be very interested to hear from uh, in this uh, Amazon Echo world that we're living in now. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed and I will speak to you again next week. She's got, She's skills. got skills.